Hello, everyone. This is Trico Tidbits, the show with the terrible name, but the awesome guests. My name is John Yacoub, and I'm joined today by Brenton Hudak, the Industry Relations Manager for Tri-Counties Association of Realtors. Uh, Brenton is an integral member of also the Young Professionals Network, and he graduated from the University of Oregon with a degree in Business Administration. Brenton, how's Hi. it going? Howdy. How Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So now, Brenton, I want to jump right in because I dug up some real dirt on you. All right. Okay. Uh, now, I don't know how long you thought you would hide this from the public, but you're you're something of a vintner. Oh, aren't yeah. you? These uh, days, of, I of pretend a winemaker. To be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how how and where did that happen? Oh, that's uh, so that's actually my family. Um, they've been kind of looking to get out of the state of California for a little while, actually, since I went to University of Oregon, um, and they were lucky enough to find an opportunity up near Salem. Um, to kind of transition and taking over a winery up there that's been established for 25 years. So I'm helping them on uh, the marketing side and the branding side um, while my dad kind of takes care of the actual uh, vines and stuff. But it's been a fun learning experience and it's been uh, definitely different than anything I've ever done. But um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. And I, I, you know, like anybody else, love a good glass of wine. So I was instantly sold when they were like, hey, we're going to look into taking over a vineyard. I was like, all right. Free yeah. wine forever. <laughs> exactly. Are, are you more of like a red or a white guy? Definitely red. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I started drinking cabs was my first one, which was kind of intense and aggressive. Um, but I'm actually now more biased towards Pinots. But that's, again, mm. the Oregon in me. That's the uh, grape of choice up there. So Yeah. What's it was saying? God, uh, God made Cabernet Sauvignon and the devil made Pinot Noir. <sighs> that's rude, but fair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Okay. And now... So we all get alcohol. That's the people's language. Yep. Okay. But what exactly does now an industry relations manager do? Yeah. So um, my job is to basically connect with our membership, uh, make sure everybody knows kind of what's going on at the association, if there's anything big legislatively um, or pro standards wise. Um, I also give some talks about social media and that side of marketing um, because I've taken kind of the digital marketing side of the association um, under my belt. So um, just making sure that people, you know, are comfortable with the association. They know what we do uh, because a lot of members, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, and just, you know, being as helpful as I can, being the first person that they think of if they need anything from Trico um, and being available for them. Okay, perfect. So it sounds like you're really just making sure you're doing everything then, right? I do. I got. I have my hand in a lot of different subjects, yeah. Okay, but really making sure that both to outside of our association and within our association, people are aware of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I try to serve as kind of a liaison between the two, um, making sure everybody's on the same page and everything's going swimming well. Right. Swimmingly well. Swimmingly. Perfect. <laughs> I swear I haven't had any wine today. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't believe you now that you yeah, said that, that's but that's fair. all right. Yeah. So, now, and back to what the people want to hear about. So, when did your love affair with coffee begin? Oh, God. Um, when I, it was probably more in college. Um, it's a different vibe up in Oregon than it is down here for sure. Uh, there's, there's still a Starbucks and all that stuff, but there's a third wave coffee roasting movement up there that, uh, is a lot more about the, you know, the craft of roasting the coffee from the green bean and extracting flavors through different temperatures and roast profiles and stuff like that. And I, I kind of grabbed onto that and I have some friends up there that we all nerded out together and used to go like tasting and whatever. Um, but they have fantastic coffee up there. And then, mm. you know, the added side effect is obviously the caffeine kick that you get that helps me be as productive and try and, you know, stay up to pace with everything going on um, as much as I possibly can. Okay. So yeah, that's good. But definitely. Yeah. Around college was when that really 
kicked in. All right. So you're setting yourself up to be like the the craft coffee guy and the wine guy, the most popular guy in the room, I think, at that point, right? <laughs> Ideally, I would actually love to roast my own beans at the vineyard once that all gets established and they're making their own wine and stuff. Um, I'd love to do a side side hustle of coffee. Okay. It would be pretty fun. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. So now back to the association. Now you provide that marketing element to the local association, uh, and that's on the organized side. But you also help out individual realtors, individual members, yeah. entrepreneurs with their marketing. So if I could uh, have you do some work for free right now, <laughs> would you tell us a little bit about what an entrepreneur, like a realtor, a small business owner, any type of small business owner, what should they be focusing on when they're trying to tune up their marketing? Yeah, so um, my specific kind of niche in marketing is the social media side of things. Um, and that's where I've really focused and tried to learn the most that I could. Um, and my best advice that I give um, in my kind of intro to social marketing class um, is actually just focus on one of the main networks. Figure out who your demographic is. And, um, you know, it's just like any other strategy, your business strategy, your marketing strategy, social should have its strategy of its own. And you should figure out exactly who you're trying to target with your efforts on social um, and find out what network they're on and then focus your efforts on that specific network. Um, because there's just so many and they're constantly changing and to try and learn all of them and stay up to pace on, to on all of them. Um, I, I always say if you're not getting paid to do it, then don't, you know, don't waste all of your mental energy on socials because it's really, really easy to do so. Okay, so so I should not go and advertise for maybe retired homeowners on TikTok then. I would avoid TikTok for retired homeowners. Okay. Although there are some pretty cool grandmas on TikTok that are like really going at it, but it's mostly dancing. So okay, all right, okay, noted. I'm I'm gonna have to change my strategy already. Okay, so we're talking. They need to have their strategy dialed in. What else? Um, making sure that your content is of like high quality. Um, I always caution people to stay away from you know repeatedly putting the exact same thing or um, really just focusing on one type of content. Try and diversify your platform. Um, stay creative and stay you know, different because people, if they're following you, they're gonna wanna see new and exciting things that you're doing. Um, the other cool thing about socials in general that I always try and specifically encourage realtors to do is share a little bit of your personal life just because um, you know, if it brings authenticity to the table and it brings you down to more of a human level that mm. hopefully in the end will make you more approachable um, to those potential clients. Is there like a good ratio between like business and personal kind of like it's all It's all preference. So, yeah. um, you know, it's whatever you're trying to portray to your audience. Uh, if you are trying to remain more professional, then I'd skew more adding, you know, those businessy type posts um, specific to your, you know, your professional life. Um, but if you want to be, if you want to be more casual, if you interact with your clients uh, on that more casual, you know, low level um not low in a negative way but you know um you know a uh, more casual way than definitely keep that content more approachable and more conversational um encouraging interaction that way okay so great content diversified content get your strategy in order okay what else am i missing strategy is a big one um that if i can stress that one that's going to be the biggest one just because uh you know when you're there's so many things that you could be posting but it's always important to you know come back and make sure that what you are posting is going to get you from A to B, um, because it's it's really really easy to zigzag all over the map. Okay. Yeah. Hey, just like all over the place. Dial it in a bit. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Be like intentional. That. Okay, I like that intentionality. We don't yeah. get too much of that. Yeah. So what else am I missing? Um, insights, data. Uh, that's a big one. Specific. That's I mean that's in all marketing. Mm. Um, a big part of it. When I 
I was telling John uh, when I went to school and I declared marketing as my major, I kind of didn't necessarily realize that it's actually a lot more data and uh, analytics than you would think it is. It's mm-hmm. I, I assumed it was going to be the most you know creative advertising fun thing that you could do in business, but it's actually, it is a lot of, you know, digging down deep, trying to figure out with what you're doing, what you're putting out um, to your audience, is it working? Is it resonating with them? Um, and those tools specifically with on the digital and social side of things um, actually make it a lot easier for someone who doesn't, you know, who doesn't do marketing full time um, to at least get a bird's eye view of how they're doing. Um, so drill down on those analytics. I know some of them can be a little bit confusing, but um, try and focus on the ones that are going to get you the most return. Um, so, you know, avoiding the vanity metrics like likes and comments and things like that. Um, deal more with, you know, who's clicking through um, to your websites, who's following your links, who's responding to your articles. So it's a little mm. bit a little bit deeper. Okay. But just go deeper. Yeah. Fewer fewer cat memes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, if cat memes resonate with your audience, then keep doing it. Um, but try and figure out a way then to engage that conversation after the fact. So um, a good one that I always suggest is if you're only focusing on kind of feed content, um, try and transition a little bit more into your story side of things. The beauty of that is if people choose to respond and interact with your content there, it goes directly into your uh, direct messages. So you mm. get that automatic one-on-one um, you know, texting conversation type of feel as opposed to responding to a public comment um, that you it's kind of hard to get if you if you're trying to just get them in there from the comment section alone. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in the the stories are the part that they're currently, they're not really making an algorithm. That's going out to everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, that'll go out to your followers. The, um, you know, the biggest thing about stories is they show up first and foremost in two of the biggest apps, Facebook and Instagram, right mm-hmm. on top of your feed. So um, if that's where you're focusing on putting your content, then it's going to be the first thing that your, you know, your followers are going to see. Um, the only algorithm there is going to be more about who they're interacting with, who your followers are interacting with. So if you're, you know, being the first to comment and like on all their posts and trying to create engagement that way, um, then that's going to push your story content further up their feed on that side of things too. Okay. And so, and now big social media figures like Gary Vee, they're really doubling down on things like TikTok. They're kind of the emergent platforms. Mm-hmm. Would you agree or do you see anything out there that's emergent that we should be expecting in the next five years or so? Um, TikTok is definitely a big one. Um, I was very hesitant to jump on that uh, bandwagon, especially since my youngest sister has she TikToks all the time, and it's a big annoyance actually in my household nah. uh, with the singing and the dancing all the time. Um, but I finally gave in. Um, I actually follow someone. Her name is Chelsea Pites. Um, she's really really fantastic, and I took a little sidestep into title insurance um, at one point, and was lucky enough to attend her ten week course. Um, about social media and kind of how to use it for your business. Um, so she's a big, big, uh, you know, I can't think of the word, <laughs> uh, inspiration, I guess, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does, makes really, really great content and has some good points to give. Um, and her, she, she finally convinced me that TikTok was going to be a thing. It'll be next. Um, so, you know, learn the platform, get comfortable with it. Again, I, I don't spend all my time on TikTok just because that's not where, I find, at least for the association side of things, that's not where our audience is, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill myself over trying to learn the platform, but I definitely understand how it works um, and have made a couple pieces of content there that are silly and fun and mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, it's it's uh, still an immature platform in terms of advertising and that side of things. Um, I don't think they really have gotten that nailed down yet, but keep an eye on it. And, you know, if you're starting to see targeted ads on TikTok, um, 
figure out what they're doing and how you can duplicate it and mm. try and get it, uh, try and get in front of those people. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so one question I did have is about you personally. Now, you've always been kind of in the vicinity, we should say, of like the real estate industry. Yeah. But you, you really kind of put your hat in the ring. You've been heavily involved since, like for a couple of years now. Yeah. Okay. What struck you, like, did anything struck you or strike you or stand out about our industry when you when you actually got involved on that level? Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, I saw a totally different side of the industry when I joined the association. Um, I grew up with my dad being a broker, an agent, and property manager, so I've kind of always seen the sales side of things. Um, but the government affairs and professional standards and those kind of things, um, I, I was unaware of, as many people who are outside of the industry are. You know, you don't really know that there's even an association. But um, the biggest thing that I kind of learned was, A, the voice of the realtors, how big it is, um, and how, you know, collective and national it all can be. Um, and I that side of politics actually really resonates with me, where... Prior to uh, being a part of the association, I'm, I'm, I don't, I would never consider myself a pol- political guy. You know, I don't love to talk politics. I don't anything like that. So, but um, realtor party politics, specifically, just because they resonate, you know, so deeply with private property rights and um, fair housing, and um, you know, the, literally the honestly the right to the American dream kind of deal, and it all mm. boils down to you know the base of it. Um, that's what really resonated with me. And then on the other side, the compliance side. Um, trying to keep the the industry as level of a playing field um, as it can be, um, you know, obviously with respecting people's business models and things like that. But um, pro standards and the compliance side of things is I find really interesting too. Mm. Um, we have a really great attorney that uh, works with the association, and I always love listening to his talks, John Giardinelli, because um, yeah. he has really really great insight. And um, he does a great job of kind of bringing you, you know, he'll bring you a model or he'll bring you a situation and kind of ask your input on it uh, in a couple of the classes that he teaches. And you may think that you're right and then he'll throw you a curveball out of nowhere because something else came into play in that uh, situation that you, and you, you just question all of your, <laughs> everything yeah. that led you to your initial conclusion. But um, yeah, the, it's just exciting and it's different. And it's, again, not something that, the general public gets to see, or even realtors get to see day to day. But to know that it's always working in the background and to be a part of it is really exciting for me. Okay, exciting. It's, yeah, it's basically it's it's what they're doing to make sure that the community at large is going to have that American dream. I'm yeah. yeah, excellent. Okay, so now, Brenton, you probably know what's coming next. All right, I'm going to ask uh, if you would. It's always a choice. Would you deliver the following quote in your most uh, dramatic? delivery possible. Okay. Do not take life too seriously. You will never get out of it alive. Albert Hubbard. Excellent. One. Excellent it's delivery. True. All right. So, Brenton, thanks for being here. You're uh, you're our man in the trenches for wine, coffee, and making sure that we market ourselves. Then. So. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Any of the above, uh, let me know. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, and it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, John. It was a good time. All right. Thanks.